Welcome to our monthly series of podcasts from St John's Church in Harpenden. Each month we take a look at some of the issues and opportunities facing us from a Christian perspective. My name's Ian Pritchard. And I'm uh, Reverend Tim Vickers, the Vicar of St John's. And we're both sitting here in a shed at the bottom of a garden in the pouring rain, ready to talk about some of the issues uh, that have been hitting the headlines and triggering some thoughts for Tim and colleagues at St John's. So, Tim, let's get started straight away. What sort of things have caught your eye in the last week or so? Well, the thing that's mainly on their mind, my mind at the moment is football. Of course. Uh, the World Cup's going on. And you might wonder, what's that got to do with the church? Good question. Um, and I'm reminded when I uh, think of football, that in my days before I was a vicar, I used to work in a museum in Luton. And we okay. were looking through some old uh, um, newsletters, parish magazines from St Mary's in Luton. And it was an article by an England international in 1914, who also uh, played, he was a minister in the Church of England. And he talked about how being in a team, a football team, is like being a follower of Jesus. Okay. Because you have to work together as a team. You've all got the same goal. Uh-huh. Pun. Um, and you're all trying to do the same thing. You have to work together as a team. And that's a bit like the body of Christ, a bit, bit like being Christian. So that's what first I thought about when I thought of football. Um, but we know it's not just um, playing football that is on our minds at the moment when we think of the World Cup, is it? No. Uh, I think some of us are thinking about some of the political controversies and some of the issues and challenges that some of the players in those teams have actually been facing. Yeah. So a lot of people are trying to say, just focus on the football. And some people are probably just going to do that. But other people are saying, we can't watch the football without acknowledging how migrant workers have been treated and particularly how some people who are, because of their sexuality, are treated and being expected to behave differently because we're in a different country mm. and I guess the question we have as Christians does that matter and if so why does it matter I think that's probably that, that, I mean obviously that's true and um, one of the things I must say that has struck me about that particular issue and I'm thinking here about the one love controversy and the mm. fact that uh, the England football team uh, and I think also was it the German football team anyway at least at least one other football team were, uh, were going to wear the armbands uh, to show support for that and uh, in the end, FIFA came to an agreement which meant that they could put some pressure on people and, 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 and that didn't happen. Mm. Now, there's, there's, it's one thing to have a, a view about whether that is something that people ought to stand up for. But what struck me was that there's a little question in there about where you find the balance between standing up for what is right for you and recognising what people in other countries with other faiths, other mm. cultures see as important to them. Now, uh, you could take a view about whether you know Qatar is a, a good place to be or not. There are plenty of other countries um, that would have similar view about same-sex relationships and, and, and similar as Qatar. Mm. And I find myself uh, struggling a little bit, I have to say, about whether you should force your views and your interpretation, for example, of uh, God's purpose on countries which have got a different, different framework and different set of beliefs. What do you think? Well, it's an interesting question. 
And I think part of it is about where we are in the church year. We're just about this Sunday's Advent Sunday, a time uh, for most people where they get all their Advent calendars. Um, and if you're good, you'll have one that starts on the proper date rather than the 1st of December. And we count down to Christmas. And actually, we so, don't... Well, hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what is the proper date? You can't let that pass. Um... 27th of November this year. Is it? It's always the first four Sundays before Christmas. Okay. The four Sundays of okay, now I didn't know that. But that uh, is a useful piece of information yeah, it changes for, those, every... for those of us that want to get at the chocolate early. Yeah, it changes every year. So you have to watch out. Okay. But... As part as well as waiting for uh, Christmas, which most of us are easiest at uh, ease to celebrate and mark, it's also about challenging us to think: what kind of world does God want us to live in? So, what this thing of the kingdom, the kingdom of God, what the vision of that world? And if God wants us to live in this world, what does that mean we have to do now to try and make that world happen? And as Christians, we believe God is God of all the world, and there's only one God, and that uh, we're all made in God's image, and we all are loved by God the same. And therefore, um, there needs to be justice. So people shouldn't be treated any differently because of their race, because of their sexuality, because of their gender. And if we believe that's the kind of world that God wants us to, is God, is the kingdom of God, then should we then let that kind of world um, be tarnished or um, not happen? So should we let um, racism happen or sexism or all those other kind of things? Um, just because it's a bit inconvenient or because it might affect the tournament where billions of pounds have been spent on it or it might maybe offend someone. There's obviously lots of ways you can get your point across without being offended. But the other thing we have to think about is we are two white men living quite comfortable lives in existence. We're not actually the people who are having to live on these construction sites. They have to, um, are dying. We're not people who are going to be impacted by this. So it's easier for us to go, well, this isn't a big issue, let's carry on and watch football. But as Christians, we're asked to think, what's the world God wants us to live in and what part can we do? And that's why I think it's important to at least talk about it and raise the issues and be aware of it. Um, Because one of the other things that happened is that um, they're saying, well, actually, Europe, you've had 3,000 years of being, let's just face it, not um, the best example of uh, Christian, or 2,000 years of not very good example of Christian living. So who is it for you to judge the rest of the world when you need to sort your own house out? And so as we sort of also look at others and say, hang on a minute, that's not where we would like to be living as a, as a humanity, we also need to perhaps look at our own culture and particularly our church and say, are we living up to that vision too? And the easy answer to that is saying, no, we're not. <laughs> But there's something we can do about it. Okay. Well, um, I I think there's um, loads more complexity there that we could explore. And maybe we'll get a chance to do that in uh, one of the following podcasts. But um, let's talk about something else that might have caught your eye in the last week or so, Tim. What else else have you been thinking about? Well, one thing that's uh, been out in the news today is about immigration. Uh, we've got uh, a net immigration hits all-time record of 504,000. That's what we're told today. Um, we know there's been issues with uh, lots of asylum seekers crossing over the channel, many dying, the treatment they've been uh, given by our government, normally at arm's length. And that's different from perhaps thinking of some of the refugees that are staying among us, Ukrainian refugees and others. And again, does that matter? Should we be thinking about this? What's our opinion on it as... Um, Christians, what does the Bible say? Hmm. So, well, what do you think the Bible um, ought to say about that? Uh, Should it say that we should welcome everybody to our shores and Mm. we should uh, adapt to find 
room for as many people as who want to come and live here. Is is that what you think well, the I Bible think is, is, is trying to say to us? I think it's always dangerous to try and look at our own modern situation. And we obviously know that a lot of the world, world that the way it is today didn't exist in the time the Bible was written. And a lot of the issues weren't issues um, in the same way they are now, that nation states where immigration control and all that kind of stuff. But we can look at some of the stories and go, how does that relate to today? And I think if you look at the Christmas story, um, we know whichever version of Matthew or Luke you look at, Jesus had to travel to somewhere that wasn't his own home um, for him, or the Mary and Joseph did for him to give birth. Um, and we know after, in Matthew's Gospel, after Jesus, when Jesus was two years old, they then had to flee to Egypt and they were refugees in Egypt. So we might say Jesus was, um, you know, it's a, some people might call it too political, but he was a refugee. He had to flee for his life because of being oppressed where he was um, at home. And therefore, and he received, how did, was he received and welcomed? And therefore, if Jesus was a refugee, um, how should we then see um, refugees and people who come needing help and care? Is it for us to decide whether you're worthy or not? Well, well, yeah, I, I absolutely see all of that. But um, I'm just wondering, Tim, while, while, you're, while you're saying that, whether there's a uh, difference between the principle of welcoming uh, refugees and welcoming uh, anyone into uh, homes that uh, needs shelter mm. and the practicality of doing that. And one could argue the toss about whether there is actually room in the United Kingdom for all the people that want mm. to come here. Mm. Yeah. Uh, obviously, in terms mm. of just acreage, uh, I imagine there's plenty of room. But the practicalities of accommodating large numbers of new arrivals are, are quite significant. I mean, they need houses, they need uh, services and facilities. Uh, the, there's everything from schools and hospitals right the way down uh, to the nitty-gritty of road systems and um, sewage works and drainage and things like that, which would need a, a really dramatic investment of, uh, of money and time in order to accommodate large numbers of people. So I, I'm just wondering how the church copes with that conundrum that uh, there is a clear call to uh, welcome uh, the stranger, but what do you do if there isn't anywhere with space and services to accommodate them? Well, I guess, first of all, I think of, um, you know, we have to be as a country aware, don't we, that we do have a comfortable standard of living. And if we look at most of our stuff, it's being made like in parts of the world where there probably is not the same labor laws and all that kind of stuff. So we're not, our comfortable living is the, has probably been because, you know, we've had colonies in the past and we've sort of subjugated other people so that we can have the wealth and we've benefited from the system as it is. So you could say we benefited from it and others have not, and therefore we have a duty, a moral duty to support people and actually immigration and asylum seekers i think there's i read uh, there's i heard somewhere that was either 30 or 100 million people have fled their homes for various reasons not many of them are coming most of them come to other countries you know two million three million plus going to poland we're getting a very tip of the iceberg mm. and so as a first world nation and we are very wealthy we should be able to if other countries that are far less well equipped can deal with it why can't we but i'm also reminded of the story of an depending on your interpretation, but the feeding of the five and the 4,000 in the Bible, one of the ways to explain that miracle, and I'm not sure this is what I 100% agree with, is that people already had enough. 
and Jesus enabled people, gave people the confidence to share what they had to others and all of a sudden they realised there's enough. And normally when these things happen, we have it all, we have more than enough, but we just need to be um, have that wealth shared more evenly and we need to be prepared to share for others and we realise we don't actually need to cling on to our own little bit. There's more than enough for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's try and um, fit one more piece of thinking in before we finish. Um, a third thing, Tim, a third thing that's caught your eye over the last few days? Um, well, obviously, at the moment, um, one issue in terms of our country is about uh, Scotland. OK. Um, obviously, uh, Scottish, uh, uh, the, the SNP want to uh, have a vote, a referendum on independence Ah, the referendum. Again. I, I thought we were back at football again. No. And, uh, no, not that. No. Okay. And um, they've obviously been told by the Supreme Court that they can't... Um, um, you know they can't have that legal right to hold that referendum if it's not given by Westminster, and then they've said, "Well, we're going to, you know, democracy will not be our voice will always be heard, etc." Yeah. Now, surely the church doesn't have a view on this. I can't imagine what the connection could possibly be between a Scottish referendum and uh, Christianity at St John's. Well, think about it. In some ways, uh, it's not really a problem because we have the Church of um, England. We already have a church in Wales, we have a church of Scotland, or the Episcopalian church as well, we have a, a church of Ireland and everything. So actually already the church is. But the interesting thing is, all those are churches of nations, and the Church of England in Anglican is, is very brought up in um, national identity as well. Um, you know, the uh, king is the supreme governor of the Church of England. Um, our government is, you know, begins every day in Parliament with prayers. There is a chaplain for the House of Commons and everything. So in the one regard, you could say, you know, the church, it wouldn't affect the church because there's not a church of the UK. Um, that's, you know, we all have our little patch and that's that's not going to matter. But yes, I guess that might not have occurred to everybody, actually, because I imagine if you live in the kind of slightly sheltered um, bit of uh, southeast corner of England, you might you might think that actually the Anglican Communion uh, and the Church of England, the same thing. And uh, we just cover uh, the entire uh, United Kingdom. But yeah. that's not the case, is it? But I think perhaps the church does have something to say about union and working together for a common Ooh. cause. Because obviously the hope, isn't it, that one day there won't be like, it won't matter whether you're Scottish or English or French or Iraqi or Chinese. We're all, we're all human. Mm. And, you know, the vision of God isn't one based on kingdoms and nations. It's one kingdom, isn't it? And actually the church, you know, does try to work there. In the church, it's, there are people who hold different views on theological views and doctrine and everything. And you know, have a system of saying, actually, but, you know, St John's Parish is never going to go, oh, well, actually our congregation had a vote on Thursday and we decided we'd like to leave the Church of England and become part of the um, Church of Scotland or the Church of Ireland. You know, that's not how it works. You know, we're sort of there's a common cause, a un uni unifying thing, which you could say, um, you know, makes us think maybe reflect on what the united kingdom is about is it something about a group of people and nations trying to work together for the common good obviously then that makes us think about the eu and brexit and everything which i'm not going to go into oh. um <laughs> but um i guess it raises it not that it would less say what we should do self-determination our right to choose um but also as well as our right to choose there's also responsibilities and maybe like the church the way the church operates it might be that actually the church can give something useful into that debate and say, um, you know, what is the right thing to do? Um, yeah, um, I think I think the other point that, that, that occurs to me is that there is a great strength in union, mm. um, but there's also a great strength in diversity. Mm. And 
Uh, I mean, that takes us back to the very first topic that we were talking about just now. And mm. uh, uh, the whole one love thing that was going on um, at the beginning of the World Cup there. And there are some views, I think, that uh, uniformity is the way to be strong. But uh, if you look just at uh, evolution and the whole history of this planet, it's actually diversity uh, that builds strength. And so I think uh, a lot of what you say about uh, the importance of um, there being differences uh, between uh, the, the, the way the church is, is, is working in different parts of the United Kingdom, that's true. And, and I think that ought to give some uh, reason for optimism, even to people who think that the United Kingdom might at some point fragment yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, because actually, uh, difference is good. Yeah. Uh, difference, difference is good. And I different mean, points yeah. of view are good. Yeah, I mean, if you think we're all made in the image of God and actually one thing that's true about all of us is there will never be another Tim Vickers or an Ian Pritchard we're completely unique in the history of however long the earth is around for um, so difference is part of being human isn't it well no one is the same as anyone else but likewise the church is always seeking to you know we're always working to get closer to other churches to get to a common understanding to work together and I think that for me is sort of like a thing of like the EU and the United Nations and the United Kingdom, it's about trying to, and you know, also maybe this thing about individualism, you know, it's not just, you know, in Africa they have the saying, you know, I am because we are, you know, it's about coming together as a, as a community, as a people and things that sort of make us go off on our own. I always think of sort of like, you're not, you're trying to go off on your own path. And that's the kind of like, that's the story of God's relationship with humanity. Basically mm. God says, let's do this together. Mm. And humankind goes, Oh, great idea, but I've got a better one. And then God says, okay, you know, oh, hang on a minute, let's try and do this together. You know, it's a cycle. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say one way or the other is better or the other, but like, I think we should always be trying to like work, move together. Yeah. Um, whether we're as neighbours in the church, in a community, in nations, whatever, we should always be trying to do things together because yeah. we're better together. Better together. Well, that's yeah. a good place to stop. Yeah. Okay, well, Tim, that's been great. And um, I'm just wondering now if people who've been listening uh, have their own thoughts uh, that have been triggered by some of that. If, if people wanted to get in touch and maybe feedback some things that have occurred to them, can they do that? Yeah, so I would say if you have got a question you want for me, like it can be anything, how does the Bible apply to this? What does it mean to be a Christian with this issue, something in the news or... A question about where the church stands on something why don't you email them to me at vicar at stjohnsharpenden.org.uk and maybe next time on the podcast me and Ian will look at that question and we'll try and give our best answer that we can oh it'd be great okay so that's uh, vicar at stjohnsharpenden.org.uk and details will be at the uh, bottom of this podcast in the description area anyway if you want to um, use that to get in touch meanwhile tim been great thanks a Thank, lot thanks so much Ian. good to be here okay see you next month see you next time